Good morning, let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing Standing on the Promises and then Angels from the Realms of Glory. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Lord in heaven, we come before you this morning looking for you to do a work in our hearts and our souls as we come purposefully to lift you up and honor you this morning. I pray that you would be with us as we sing, as we pray, as we look into your holy word, that in every way it would minister to the saints while at the same time exalting you. We thank you for our church family. We thank you for the facility you've given us to worship in. 
Most of all, we thank you for Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. who minister to us in song and an instrument and I would encourage you if you would like to be a part of the choir those who minister in song please talk to John or Sandra Joe and see if we can't plug you into that would you please stand again and together we're gonna lift up our voices as we sing 
10,000 reasons, and then he will hold me fast.
Welcome. I'm the Christmas search engine, and I can help you find anything related to DIY Christmas decorations. Oh, okay. Um, let's jump right in. Here we go. <laughs> what date Christmas this year? Uh, December 25th. What date Christmas next year? December 25th. Song that goes. Uh, um, I think I know what you're looking for. How cook ham? Okay. How cook ham fast? Uh. Oh, ham flamethrower recipe. Wait, what? Christmas present, mom. Nice. Cheap. Nice. What day Christmas 2035? Are you serious? Is Santa Claus real? Uh, you should maybe ask your parents about that. Gift wrap bowling ball. Please be careful. Custom dog Christmas. Sorry, what? Christmas dog custom cute. Oh, you mean costume? Christmas dog costume cute! Gift wrap accordion. Uh, that's gonna be tricky. Can I drink expired eggnog? No. What happens if drink expired eggnog? Why'd you even ask me in the first place? Dealing with relatives. Okay. Dealing with nosy relatives. Oh, uh, well... Dealing with my nosy overbearing relatives who won't stay out of my business. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's... Pretty much all the same stuff. Gift wrap a saddle. Who are you buying this stuff for? Santa Claus riding a unicorn. Santa Claus riding a unicorn socks. Is that a thing? Search it up. Oh wow, here they are. Take my money. Norwegian tree skirts. How many lights, one outlet? Elf pajamas. Dog singing Christmas carols. <sighs> What is Christmas really about? <laughs> I've got just the thing. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So, Jesus? Jesus. May I? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Fix burnt ham. Uh, okay. Uh, you know what? Forget it. Pizza delivery Christmas Eve. <laughs> no problem.
I did want to take just a moment and thank those who came and helped decorate the sanctuary last Sunday afternoon. Got it all decorated for Christmas. And then also uh, Harmon and his grandson and one of the foster boys came and helped get the Christmas tree that we have back here with the star up on top. Um, they got that working right. We had some issues, but uh, got those working right. He had a ladder up with ropes off 
tied to tree to cars, I think, vehicles, made it stable for them to get all the way up there. They did a great job. We're grateful for everybody who helps make the ministries of the church go well. This week we had two funerals and people in our church came and helped out with that too, with meals. And, and then throughout our county, we have a number of folks who are just not well, they're sick. And I'm very grateful for our church people who help out with meals and encouragement. It's a blessing. I'm going to take you this morning to Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. And part of me mentioning all the things we're very thankful for as far as what people do is reminding us that we do all those things for the Lord, don't we? Uh, me as a pastor, the things I do to minister to our church, our community, I do those things not for myself or even not for you. I do them for the Lord, to give him glory and to give him honor, to lift him up. The same thing with those who come and labor here, whether it be in the music program or on facilities or decorations or cleaning, whatever. We all do it that we might glorify God. When we come to Jeremiah chapter 9, in fact, Jeremiah is really a book of prophecy, but it's really a book of warning and woe. If you read the book of Jeremiah, you're going to find where God has told him to go to the nation of Israel and let them know that hard times are coming. Why? Because the nation of Israel had fallen far away in their walk with the Lord. But in the midst of all of that, we come to Jeremiah 9, verses 23 and 24. And here we find a little tidbit of just spiritual refreshment. And I want you to look at it with me, if you would. Jeremiah 9, look down with me at verses 23 and 24. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. So when we look at this text, what we find is God in the midst of all this warning and woe to the nation of Israel, he stops to tell them to take stock, to do a personal inventory, and to make sure that the things in their life really are pointing towards the Lord, to bring glory to him. That word glory comes from the Hebrew word lalal, and it means simply to show forth or to boast of. And so here in this text, he's talking about boasting of God, bringing forth glory to God. But he starts out in verses 23, he starts out by giving to you and I a little inventory, little opportunity to take, take stock of ourselves. So he says to us in 23, thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. And it is so appropriate for the day and age we live in where everybody thinks themselves to be absolutely the most amazing genius known to mankind. Uh, even when we look at this little video about all the going in and Googling, 
We think that there is not an answer that we cannot find. Somewhere, somehow. Whether we go to the internet to get it, whether we go uh, to the library to get it, or whether we go to the great vast resources of our own intellect and wisdom. And here God brings us in and he gives us a little opportunity to take stock. And he says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. And I think there's some real strong biblical principles laying in that statement. He wants us to understand us. If you would go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 in your New Testament. And I want to show you a, a verse dealing with wise men. People who really truly believe themselves to be deep intellectuals. Listen to what God says to them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 19 on down to verse 21. He says, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So interesting as God looks into the generations of time. You know, I had you in Jeremiah. That is long before the New Testament. Then we come to the New Testament. And here he's again talking about the wisdom of people. And here we are in the year 2021. And we're talking about great knowledge and wisdom. It's because people have always thought themselves to be greatly wise. And God warns us. He says he will bring to destruction the wisdom of the wise. He will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. And that is because within ourselves, we think ourselves to be so wise. But in reality, we just are not. In fact, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, it reminds us that in all things, we need to reach out to the Lord. Even when it comes to spreading the gospel, we may think to ourselves, well, we have all the resources, all the wisdom, all the power, all the might to get the gospel to the four corners of the earth. But in reality, we're struggling with the means we have. So what's he say? He says, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. Why? Because in all our wisdom and all our might, we seem to fall short. We have to learn not to boast in our own wisdom, but to remember to rest in and trust in God. As we come down in our text there, look with me again in Jeremiah chapter 9. Look as he goes down a little bit farther in verse 23. He says to us, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. And I think again, we live in a time and a generation when people are truly convinced that they are ever so powerful. And certainly in the time of the Romans, they, they put much adoration to the mighty, the strong, the gladiator. But even when you go back to the time of Jeremiah and the ancient peoples, they would raise up great and mighty armies and they looked to themselves as powerful and strong. Certainly we go back to Israel's history. Look at Goliath. 
Goliath, a giant in the land. In fact, let's go back and let's look at some of the events of that day. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Samuel. So God warns us, don't boast in your own strength. Why does he do that? Because he knows that within ourselves is great weakness. Look what took place with Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to read to you verses 4 down. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, whose name was Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and he cried unto the armies of Israel. And he said unto them, why are you come out to set your battles in array? Am not I a Philistine? And ye servants to Saul, choose you a man for you, and let him come down to me. So here's Goliath, a great giant, with all the modern armament of his day, even with his own shield bearer. And he comes and he casts out a challenge to the entire army of Israel. And he says, I am a Philistine. And of course, his very presence, his strength, his might, it's intimidating all in itself. He says, send me a man. Send me a man to come and battle with me. Thinking to himself, there's not a man in all the army of Israel that could possibly stand against him. Go down with me to verse 42, if you would. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy, and of a fair countenance. So who went to fight the great Goliath? Just a boy. A boy who was ruddy, who was a fair, fair structure. Not an amazing man, not, not even a big boy. Just a boy. And David came before him, and all he did was take a sling with a rock and kill a giant. Now he did that all to give the glory to God. In fact, he stood and he said, what is going on here? The whole army is intimidated by one giant and we are the servants of the Lord? David couldn't believe it. God looks through the history of mankind and he says to us all, don't boast in your wisdom for God will unwind it. He says, don't boast in your strength because as mighty and strong as you may think you to be, it only takes God and a boy to bring you down. Then he comes to Jeremiah. Look with me at Jeremiah chapter three. Let's look at the third ones of these little warnings he gives to people. He says, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, and let not the rich man Glory in his riches. When I turned 40, Sandy and I, we had done nothing whatsoever to prepare for retirement. And so at 40 years old, I decided, boy, I need to start doing something. 
So I started putting a little bit money into just like a mutual fund. And her cousin is a broker. So this week I was talking to her cousin uh, because for 25 years I've been putting in a little bit, all that I could to prepare for that one day when I get old. It could happen, who knows? <laughs> so as I was talking to him, he's in Texas, he told me, he says, ah, oh, one of my clients that's a prepper, he's, uh, he was on the phone with me, he's trying to figure out how to transfer everything to gold, blah, 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 because he's preparing. And he told me, he said, I told him, I said, listen, if you're going to prepare, make sure you put all this gold into coins, because if it all collapses, coins are the only way you're going to be able to barter. And so he said to me on the phone, he said, now, Tim, you do know that you and I, if everything collapses, it's all gone. And I said to him, yeah, I do know. How would you ever find it? I mean, it's all online. It's not like, it's not like I have any papers that I can go next door to the local broker and say, here's my stuff, Buy, can, can I trade for groceries? We live in a day and an age where most everything we have is electronically out there in who knows where land. So he was just warning me, Tim, if you're afraid, and I'm not. If you're afraid, he says, put it all in coins. The reality is, no matter what we have, can be gone in a day. I was reading about the president of China. Guy who's the president of China right now grew up in a very privileged home in China. However, the revolution came when he was a boy. And he was in a communist compound of wealthy communist leaders in China. But when the revolution came against intellectualism, his father was arrested, his mother was arrested, and all of them, he ended up working in a farm out in a commune. See, in all his, and, and they had trusted in communism, but communism had shifted and changed. And all, even their home, their clothes, their wealth, everything was gone. And he became a boy out in a field, hoeing. It took him a lifetime to get back to where he is today. Why am I saying that? Because God warns us. He says, don't, don't glory in your wisdom. Don't glory in your strength. And he says, don't glory in your riches. Everything we have in this world, everything we have in this life, he is letting us know that it can rise and it can fall, it can come or it can go. He wants us to understand that it is in him that we must trust. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, sometimes people get that wrong and they say, well, money is the root of all evil. That's not at all what it says. The love of money, the passion of money. When, when that's what drives your heart every day, 
He says, listen, that is the root of all evil. And God warns us. He says, don't boast in those things. Those things are things that are just passing. In fact, look with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Every once in a while, Sandra Joe and I will be driving through Vermont on a road going somewhere, and we'll see an old house on 22A. On When we go to visit our daughter just outside of Albany, we'll go all the way down 22A. And through the years, there's been some big, beautiful farmhouses that have just gone down, 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 down into de decay. And Sandy and I will talk about how sad that is. We look at it because when I see a house, I see a family. That's what I always think of. And when I look at an empty house, I look at a place without a family. And I think, think of all the moms and boys and girls who played in that house. Think about all the meals cooked and the dads coming home. Think of all those years that are gone. That's why we have to understand that what we have while we have it, we need to give glory and honor to God because it can be gone. Listen to what, listen to what Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 says. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So all the way back in the time of Jeremiah, at a time when all of Israel was getting ready to go into great deep destruction, sorrow and, way and woe, God tells Jeremiah, prepare the hearts of the people. Get them to understand that it's not by their wisdom that they are saved, nor by their might are they protected. It's not by their riches that they can buy themselves safety, but instead, they need to put their faith and trust in the Lord. And that's when we come to verse 24. He comes down to say to us, but let him that glorieth, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. You and I that are gathered here this morning, we've gathered here not because it's a warm building, because you could have stayed home in a warm building. We're not gathered here today because we're all so handsome and beautiful. You're already married to somebody handsome and beautiful, and you're all set. You could have stayed home and done that, couldn't you? In fact, really, you're here for one reason. At least I want to hope so. And that is because you want to worship the Lord. Amen. You want to worship Him. You want to bring honor to Him, glory to Him. Not because you are strong or you are wise or you are rich, but because you are a child of God. We go into this Christmas season and all for the next few weeks until we come to Christmas, we point and point to the Christ. Actually, we do it all year here. But at Christmas, we point to the birth of Christ because we want folks to see that it's not about Googling, how do you cook a ham? 
It's not about, you know, how do I send a certain present or find a pair of socks that's got a dog singing carols or whatever it was that was on there. That's not what Christmas is about. Christmas is about the Lord. So when we come to Jeremiah 9, verse 24, in the midst of all this woe and sorrow that Jeremiah brings forth, he tells them, he says, let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth the Lord. You and I, in our lives, we have been given a great opportunity. That opportunity is to know God to understand who he is and what he has for us. We've been given the gift of the scriptures where we can read the Old Testament and the New and we can understand and know God. And that's what he says. He says, if you want to glory in something, if you want to exalt and praise something, not yourself, you're foolish if you're praising your strength, your wealth, your wisdom, all those things pass. But God is eternal. And that connection we have with him is eternal. This week, as I did the funerals that I did this week, both, both of the people that I did the funerals for were people who had come to faith. One of them had come to faith only weeks before they had passed. Her sister had led her to Christ and she was dying of cancer in her 40s. A young woman. The other one was elderly, 85 years old. She'd been somebody who'd come to faith many, many years ago. But for them, it wasn't riches. It wasn't strength. 85 years old, you're, you're struggling to find strength. It wasn't wisdom. For both of them at the end of their lives, the true value of life, was in the connection they had made with God. The woman who was in her 40s, as I said, it, would, it had only been weeks. And she was doing Bible studies with her sister, reading the scriptures, hiding within her heart those truths. Because she'd never, never really looked, never learned, never reached out before. So when God tells us here, to lay aside all that glorying and wisdom and strength and riches. He simply points us to himself. And he says, glory in that. Glory in him. Glory in the fact that we understand and know him. And then he goes a little farther. He says that I am the Lord, which exerciseth loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. So God gives to us three bullet points. One of the things I love about the Bible is the Bible is really structured for preachers who love to preach. It's just laid out there. It's so easy. When people say the Bible's hard, it's not hard. Just take a little time. But here he gives to us three more bullet points. I could do another 30 minutes on the last half of verse 24, but I won't. What's he say? He says, glory, not in yourself, but in understanding and knowing him. And then he talks about himself. He says, I am the Lord. And what does the Lord do? He exercises loving kindness, 
judgment and righteousness. And where does he do this? In the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. You and I in our lives. If we're not careful, we get so caught up in everything around us. My, my daughter, she texted me yesterday. She said, well, it might have been Friday. She texted, Dad, I know you're not a big soccer fan, but Zachy just played in his soccer game, in a, and she gave me the letters, A1 League, something, something, and, and they just won the championship. And I texted her back. I said, Joy, anything my grand... I said grandbabies because she's the mama. Uh, otherwise, if I was talking to them, I'd have to say grandboys, but... Grandbabies. I said, anything my grandbabies are excited in, I'm excited for them in those things. But I didn't say the rest. <laughs> but I'm most excited when they've grabbed a hold of spiritual truths that will last a lifetime. I'm excited for them to win the soccer game and to be on a team that's A1, whatever, whatever it is. But I know that they'll outgrow those years. What I'm most excited in is when those grandbabies call me and say, Grampy, I received Christ as my savior today. And I've gotten that call over and over and over again as my children, my grandchildren have come to faith. I celebrate that. And then when they tell me, listen, I'm, I'm in the school play at church, you know, the church play. I'm excited for that. When they tell me I memorized a chapter of scripture for my Christian school, I'm excited for that. Why? Because I know those principles are lasting. They're eternal. So when God says to you and I, lay aside all that boasting about your wisdom, your strength, your riches. He says, glory in me. Glory in the fact that you understand and know me. Because God does what? He exercises loving kindness to us, judgment to us, righteousness. And where does he do it? Right here where we live. In this earth. And not only does he do it, the last thing he says, I delight in those things. God delights in those things. You and I are a blessed people. We know the Lord through faith in Christ. You and I are blessed because our God delights in pouring forth all these things to help us and enable us in our lives. Yes, all our neighbors might be boasting about their riches. They might be bragging about their strength. They might be exercising their wisdom. But you and I, we have the Lord. Amen. And when all the riches are gone, and when all the strength is waned, and when our wisdom seems limited, we still have the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. As we come to the end of our service, as you bow your heads and I bow my head, as we meditate and contemplate on the things that are most important to us in our lives, 
I ask you, are you able to lay aside all the boasting and just glory in God? Father in heaven, as we come into this invitation time, I pray for your Holy Spirit to move in our midst. Help each one of us to lay aside those things that so hinder us in our lives. Whether it be the pride of boasting in ourselves. Or whether it be sins that entangle us and pull us down. I pray that you help us to look to you. I ask that you'd stir our hearts in our sanctuary this morning. If there be one that's not received Christ as their savior. That today they would come forth and receive you. We pray for your will to be done. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I think John has a dismissal song for us as we're getting ready to go. And I'm going to close us in prayer. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we go forth, as we sing this last song. I pray that it would be you that gives us wisdom as we go out into our community. And, I, and Lord, I pray that you would help us. Help us as a people to be unique, to be different. Not boasting in our wisdom, our strength, our riches, but instead glorying in you. Help us, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.